Hello, and welcome to the Neff Canyon Ward podcast. My name is Tyler Slade, and I'm excited to bring you all the cool people of our neighborhood and ward. The goal of this podcast is for all of us to get to know each other better, to create unity through sharing our experiences with others in the gospel. All right, we're here with the Willertons, Bob and Phyllis, uh, in this beautiful home and this view. Absolutely stunning of Mount Olympus. Um, I'm starting to believe I might be one of the only ones in the ward without this killer view. <laughs> um, but this is awesome. So uh, thanks for having us here. And we're excited to, to get to, to, to interview you and talk about uh, you guys. This has uh, been fun to do. And uh, why don't we just uh, start? Uh, I got Gary with me and, and uh, my partner in crime. Yep. And we're getting pretty Glad good to be at here. This, right? Yeah, I better. Um, anyways, let's start with, uh, Bob, why don't you, uh, tell, tell the audience, the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from and, and, uh, school and all that stuff. Okay. Well, my parents are, again, are, are, uh, uh ancestor pioneers, uh, Brigham Young told my mother's family to, uh, uh, start up Loa, Utah. And my father's family started Mayfield. And Danish. Uh, so Danish ancestry. Pardon? Danish. Oh, we're, yes, a full Danish people, both sides are full Danish. And uh, so we, you know, we have a lot of stories. I have pictures of some of our relatives that came across on the plains with the pioneers and so on. Uh, I was actually, my parents were living in Lowa, Utah uh, when my wife, or when my mother was pregnant with me. And uh, on the way moving from Lowa to Salt Lake City, uh, she went into labor and so I was born in Salina, Utah. Salina. And so it was kind of interesting, but we immediately moved to Salt Lake City. And so uh, I, I grew up in Salt Lake, and uh, quite frankly, I couldn't believe when we listened to the Oldroyds podcast, uh, I was neighbors with both of them and didn't know either one of them. No I grew up on 20th East and 29th South. It was a Grandview Ward, uh, part of the Wilford Stake. Huh. And so I lived three blocks west of Sioux and about uh, five blocks north of uh, Cary. And I knew either one of them because they were a little bit younger than I am. So uh, anyway, went to Olympus High School and okay. uh, uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, during high school, uh, well, junior high and high school, I was part of an eight uh, friend group. We called ourselves the Tribithians. Hmm. And we just had kind of a little high school fraternity. We even bought a 1939 Cadillac limousine together. <laughs> and so everything we did, uh, we did together. As a matter of fact, there were eight of us. Two, only two of us were not LDS. The other six were, and all six of us got mission calls. Uh, and but one of the gentlemen, one of my friends, just before he left on his mission, he was playing with uh, fireworks. One exploded and blew off his kneecap, and oh, so he, he didn't go on a mission. But the other five of us went. One went to Australia. One went to Austria, uh, England. Uh, Germany, and I went to uh, Switzerland. Switzerland. So, it, uh, Anything become of the other two that were your friends? They're still really good friends. They're mm. they're good people, but uh, they just chose not to join the church, and it didn't really affect our friendship in mm. any way because they were awfully good people and still are. It's just they chose not to not to be converted to the church. As a matter of fact, one of them was a neighbor over here. He was he lived across the street to, from our state president. Oh, okay. It was the Adkins family, and that's where he grew up. And so, so you guys still hang out once in a while? Uh huh. Yep. You still uh, have the, the limo? Pardon? You still have the limo? 
<laughs> don't ask. I don't know if you want to ask me that, we we all bought into it, but uh, it came time Good for idea. taxes one year, and uh, uh, one one of my friends says, "Well, I'm going to pay the taxes, but the car's now mine." Yep. And he still has it. That's how it works. Yeah. And he still has it. He still has he it. Brought it to takes the it, reunion. Tries it to our uh, high school reunions and things <laughs> like that. So it's really good. But uh, anyway, then I went to the University of Utah and uh, graduated with a degree in sociology, a minor in French, and with journalism uh, emphasis. And I always kind of wanted to be in sales or have something to do with it. And the first job I got after college was uh, uh, with a company called the Foreign Study League. And we went. To, we what we did is we took high school and college age students to Europe to study during the summer, and use the European facilities or schools, uh, and they would study half a day and then tour over all over Europe the other half. And because of my uh, French, uh, uh, I was assigned to a Swiss village in Switzerland in a city of Fontainebleau, which is right outside of Paris. So that's wow. That's kind of that's kind of my upbringing. Okay. How'd you meet this pretty lady? It was really interesting. Uh, when when I was, uh, I was just started a quarter of school at the University of Utah, and uh, uh, I found out that I, I want, always wanted to serve in the military, but I didn't think I could kill somebody. I just really didn't know that I could. And so I joined a, a linguistic company up at uh, Fort Douglas. Well, this was during the Vietnam War when oh, they were calling everyone. Yeah. And they were calling everybody up, and I, I didn't want to not shirt my duty, but I wanted to, to serve. But I joined this linguistic company, and what we did was we interrogated prisoners of war. Mm. I did intelligence analyst mm. uh, work. And so I went to Fort Bragg, North Carolina for basic training. And then the intelligence school was up in Baltimore, Maryland, a place called Fort Hollabird. And that's where I'm from. Okay. And Phyllis is from Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, went to church one Sunday, and Phyllis was giving a two-and-a-half-minute talk. Back then, they were called two-and-a-half-minute talks. Ah, so you joined the church by then? Yeah. I oh. was a teenager when we joined. And uh, my sister joined first. Then my mom joined. And then my brother and I joined. My dad didn't join for five years. So um, I was just starting. I never went to primary or anything. Just started at Mutual. And that was when it was on Tuesday nights. So, so you were baptized at what age? I was baptized younger, but we didn't start going to church until I was like 13 or 14. Okay. And I met him when I was 17. So Actually 16 and a half. But I decided <laughs> then when did he first interrogate you? <laughs> um, our first date... Oh, the first day. Was it to Washington, D.C., to a French restaurant, and he brought me flowers. Oh, boy. And it was a gorgeous place, and I thought, this guy must be rolling in the dough. <laughs> so his friend told me that he was rich, he had a swimming pool. He In a limo? He won um, <laughs> Mr. Personality at the U, and he was telling me all kinds of stories. Was this one of your eight friends? No. Okay. This was a guy named Gar, Gar Obard, and he was just in my military unit. Okay. But, yeah. uh, and, so, uh, and actually, the funny part of that is I took her to Washington, D.C. to that dinner. That took an entire month's pay from the Army. But and I didn't I, know that. I could yeah. even go to the PX and get a candy bar. <laughs> it was worth it, wasn't it? <laughs> it was worth it. He really impressed me. <laughs> wow. It worked. Yeah. 
So we dated uh, that summer, and then uh, I, I came back, went to school, and Phyllis came out, and actually uh, uh, her parents said that she could either go to Towson State University in Baltimore or BYU, and she chose BYU. Uh, who wants to stay home and go to college? Yeah. I said, of course I want to go to BYU, so I came out here and... We dated for two years. Every weekend we came up to the U, and Bob told me the whole time how bad BYU was. <laughs> Just in sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we've got a split uh, BYU-Utah family. No, she converted to Utah. All right. I was never down at BYU because he'd come and get me every weekend, and we'd come up here, and, and we... Uh, Went to Utah games for 40 years. No, we had season tickets to the UN basketball for 50 years. So it was wow. a lot. <laughs> wow. And so you were big time into it. Yep. That's fantastic. So, Phyllis, did you, uh, what did you study at BYU? Art. Art. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that. I just loved art since I was young. I went to summer programs and everything. I mean, I always had art classes and so I got chosen to go here and there and, you know, summer projects and things like that. My teachers would let me go. So I just always loved art. I used to do portraits, but I haven't done them in 30 years. Hmm. Well, and she was actually uh, down at the art department at BYU. She became a model for them. So she posed for the art students. And, oh. Yeah, but that, was, that wasn't anything great. <laughs> I was just trying to make money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kind of like uh, selling blood. Yeah. You do what you got to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So tell us a little bit, Phyllis, about so then um, your family was the missionaries. How did how did you get introduced to the church? Um, your family. My mother was studying religion when I was younger, and she she was almost Jewish. <laughs> I mean, she thought that they had the best, you know, program, and they were family oriented, and she really really liked them. And then the missionaries just came to the door, I guess, one day. And um, I mean, she would study and study and study. And we'd be out playing and she'd be at the table studying with somebody, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses. She went the whole circle hmm. and uh, and the missionaries, you know, came over and talked her into it. But actually, my older sister was really excited about it. She had the meeting with the missionaries and she got baptized before my mom even got baptized and really thought it was great. But we so your were, older sister was the first one to, uh -huh, to commit. Yeah. And then my dad, he was a tough cookie. He, he was in the Battle of the Bulge, was in mm. World War II, and he's from a family of 14. My mom and dad are both from the South. My dad's from North Carolina. My mom's from Tennessee. And they met in Baltimore um, right after the war to get jobs. And... Um, I don't know. What was I saying? You were talking about yeah. your dad. Your dad coming around. Really, took him a while to come around. It took him a lot. My dad was real quiet. My mom ran the show. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Yeah. And uh, he did finally come around. I bet he great. liked Bob right off the bat. No, the he military. didn't actually because on our date, uh -oh. he brought me home late. Oh. Her, her dad was very strict. Yes. And uh, we, I mean, Washington, D.C., if there's no traffic, it's probably an hour, hour a little over an mm -hmm. hour. She was supposed to be home at 11. I didn't get her home until about 12. And so he met me at the front door and said, I don't Fort want Marshall. you to ever come here again. Oh, my goodness. And he told me to get upstairs. And he went out on the, on the, um, 
our front lawn and picked out a switch. Yeah. <laughs> and he told Bob to beat it and for me to get upstairs. And I thought, oh no, oh no. <laughs> but he didn't ever say anything to me, ever. So how did you? Uh, well, he worked three think... to 11 shift. Well, and so he was gone every evening. So Bob. So he come... didn't know. You'd <laughs> no. come by? Huh? You'd yeah. come by when... Uh... Oh, I didn't do it on purpose. He just was never home. And I was in the Army all day. The only time I could see her was at night and at church on the weekend. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh. But obviously he came back around, so... Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what convinced him to get baptized? Was that his wife? My mom? dad? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. My mom, I'm sure. Yeah. But he became a very good member of the church. I was really impressed with Cause him. Because he, he drank quite a bit, and he was a chain smoker. Mm. And he smoked camels. And mm. I remember going on trips wherever we went, you know, in the old cars, you roll up the windows, and, oh, it was a killer to be in the car with him. But wow. he, he quit smoking and drinking and became a member, so it was pretty cool but you know i never grew up with primary or anything like that so i don't know any of the primary songs i don't know yep, what they taught sure. little kids or anything like that so then you started dating bob and then how long were you dating until you guys we got... dated for two years and then we got married you got married i was actually working for the foreign study league uh, and i'd been over to europe because what we do is go over there all summer and uh, i would just kind of administer the the uh, the courses, and uh, so I, on my way to Europe, I'd stop in Baltimore and see her, and then on the way back, I, I met her, and then uh, she was going to come back out to school, and so we got married. And so he, he picked me up from the airport, actually. Yep. <laughs> well, tell us about your kids. We have three boys. Three boys. We have three boys, uh, and uh, all really good kids. I wish they were more religious than they are. We uh, we didn't bring them up correctly. I don't think. We traveled a lot when the kids were little. We we were seldom home. We were gone all the time. Yeah. But, but they're good kids. All three of them are good great. Kids, they're right? all totally different, mm -hmm. but they're good kids. And all three of them have worked for me for, uh, I mean, the least, the least amount of time was 20 years, and he's still with me. Our oldest son was with me about 30 years, <laughs> and he... Uh, he has a degree in computer technology, and he just he decided that he wasn't doing any of that working for me, and so he uh, got a job with Christofferson Travel, and he does corporate travel. He does the IT work for the entire nation for Christofferson Travel. Hmm. Well, it's fun that you were able to work with him for so long. Oh, he's a good kid. Yeah. Uh, those our sons are really really great. They're kids. all totally different. Extremely good parents, good fathers. So, how many grandkids then? We have six Only grandkids. six, and that's all we're going to ever have, they tell us. <laughs> and it's funny, we had three boys, and five of our six grandkids are girls. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah. we just have one to carry on our name. My brother and his wife were never able to have children. So our only chance of carrying on the name is with uh, our one grandson. Wow. So, yeah. Well, wow. you never know. <laughs> How many kids he'll have. Yeah. You know, we lost the Beaner line because okay. I, I only have one son and he has six boys. So I thought, hey, this is great. Wow. But they moved to Texas and now they're Buners. They, they, they can't say Beaner in Texas. So I've Gary. lost the Beaner line, but the Buner 
will continue for <laughs> quite good. a while. That's awesome. Isn't that funny? <laughs> you have six boys? I never even knew that. I, uh, my son has six boys. Oh, wow. Yeah, the beaner, beaner line's in no danger going away other than how they pronounce it at that point. Yeah. Oh. That's awesome. So, Bob, tell us about your profession then. Is this, you have a business? Well, it's really funny when uh, the first thing that parents don't do when they don't have money, and, and this was in the early 1970s, is send their kids to Europe to study. There was a, quite a recession back then. And, uh, and so uh, the gentleman owned uh, the Foreign Study League was Robert DeBry, and he's a, he's a lawyer. Oh, yeah. Here. And uh, so on. But uh, he decided that when that, all that happened, he sold the company to Reader's Digest. And uh, so uh, they decided they didn't need any salesmen. We were lived, Phyllis and I were living in Columbus, Ohio. And my responsibility was the state of Ohio to sell the programs during the winter and then go to Europe to administer them in the summer. So I came back and, and got a job with a sales training program, called on a uh, electrical distributor. And they said, yeah, we'd like a couple of our salesmen to, to take your course, but how about if we hire you? And so I got hired on at a place called Randy Equipment and was there a little while, but I really like lighting. And so uh, I joined two gentlemen and we formed a lighting agency representing about 80 or 90 fixture manufacturers. And uh, that's how it all got started. Hmm. And uh, so we call on architects, engineers, lighting designers, end users, universities. We do quite a bit of business with Utah, University of Utah and BYU. It's and mostly Plexo. industrial commercial, isn't it? Yeah, it's most industrial commercial. So, so your your stuff is being sold uh, not necessarily in like a Home Depot. No, but it's through distribution, through places like Jesco or General Electric Supply, Wesco, Codell Electric. Yeah, you know, border states and place like that. So, and you're still doing that today. That oh, uh, funny. This all, everything I've done, most of the things I've done my whole life started on April Fools. So April Fool to me. <laughs> but anyway, we uh, I started April first, uh, nineteen seventy. Wow. So I've been doing it. This April would be fifty-two years. Fifty-two years. Yep. Why stop now? Yeah. <laughs> He's a good salesman. I'm tired. <laughs> How talk? many employees do you have? Well, it's funny. With it, uh, the, the funny thing about being a manufacturer's rep is uh, all you do is you sign a 30-day contract for either no reason or some reason they can terminate you after that. So I've had as many as uh, 18 and as few as six. Hmm. So it just depends on the lines and, and how well we're doing with people. Yeah, that's, so that's when you really have to stay on your toes in that industry with what you're doing. It's not just... Uh, if I would have known what I was getting into, I never would have, seriously, <laughs> I never would have done it. I mean, plumbers and other other uh, construction uh, entities know how to how to work. I think uh, lighting manufacturers... Well, people. you've done quite well. <laughs> they sold their home, and this is the downsize, mm -hmm. this house. Mm. Yeah, we <laughs> lived out by Pepperwoods. Oh, yeah, had, Pepperwoods. It's small home. Yeah. And had a uh, eleven thousand square foot home, and it was just the two of us. And we thought, "What are we doing?" <laughs> <laughs> well, we did have Tyson for a little while. No. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, so we uh, that was so Phyllis could we, get away from you for a little bit. <laughs> well, they needed a big home for all. Yeah, their we, we could not see each other for weeks. I think. But anyway, so we decided we wanted to sign down because, on top of everything else, it had almost two acres of ground with it, mm. and uh, it was just kind of we didn't need it. It was stupid. So we well, uh, we're looked glad around. Downsized and moved into our ward. 
<laughs> so did you build this home? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, when, when we, we looked around, and uh, for some reason, and I think it was divine intervention, but for some reason we kept coming back to this lot, and that was uh, uh, a glory and hell uh, herb holiday, holiday that owned the home that was here. And we just kept coming back to it and, and saying, we, you know, we, we belong here. And so uh, we, we bought the home, and it was funny. They interviewed us before we bought the home. Said, now, you're not buying this home to tear it down, are you? And wow. we said, no, if we can possibly renovate, we'd like to do it. Yeah. And uh, so we brought out a couple of architects, and they more or less laughed at us. The home had, it had one pillar that held up the Paul's children. <laughs> it had one pillar that held up the whole house with three, Paul's three areas okay. that uh, go out. So you had to scrape. And it, uh, it just, they, it, they said, we'll, we'll charge a million dollars. We won't guarantee what it'll look like. So we tore it down. And Phyllis, the last two homes, the one we had up by Pepperwood and this one, she had a lot to do with designing it. She, That's great. The art came in handy. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Tell us the story, and I don't know if this happened before you moved in, but when you moved in, you weren't coming to the ward at first, were you? Mm -mm. So tell us that story, how... Well, we uh, again. There was some reason we moved here because it just it just kept coming back and coming back. And Jim and Delcy Becker were uh, just they were very Teachers. instrumental in us uh, getting back. We very. It, it, we never had any doubts about the church. That wasn't the deal. It's just we traveled so we, much I mean, that we didn't. We were yeah. never home on Sunday to go to church. Yeah, we uh, we probably traveled three weeks out of every month. I would think mm. all over the world and. And Phyllis is a master scuba diver. I mean, we just done all oh. kinds of stuff. So we, uh, you know, we came here, uh, really liked the Beckers and the Beckers Delcy. The Beckers were coming over all the time. Delcy just kept coming over. They helped us move in. Jim came over and helped us carry things Oh, his boys, too. Yeah. yeah. Them, so. And then Delcy would just come, hi, I just thought I'd bring this for you to read. <laughs> Hi, I just thought I'd bring I'd bring you some cake. I, you know, I mean, she was just coming over all the time. Ministers, that's awesome. All the yeah. time. So, and then they just invited you, or? Oh no, we. I decided. To... I, you know, I told Phyllis. I said we're really missing the boat. We we need to go to church, and so, uh, their influence is definitely you know a big part of it. But we just decided. Just told her. I said we've got to start going to church again. And so we. That's started. a great story. So. Yeah. On that note, why don't we move down that road and start um, with you, Bob. What, so tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey um, over your life and how, how it's gone. Obviously, we know the last little bit, but, you know, how did it start? And well, uh, we've always been a religious family. I, I have one brother and two sisters. There were four children in our family, and my father was actually a bishop, and just all, he was, you know, very active in the ward. And unfortunately, he died the day I graduated from high school. Mm. Uh, he died of leukemia from the downwinder deal down in southern Utah. Uh, but uh, I'd always wanted to go on a mission. I just, there was no doubt that I was going to go on a mission. And uh, my friends agreed. We all said, we're going, you know, we're all going to do that. Uh, and I guess my real, the thing that really got me where I wanted to go was the fact that in the mission home, and <laughs> back then it was funny, the mission home, I think there were probably... 30 people in the mission home at a time, 30 mm -hmm. missionaries. I mean, it was very, very small. They took a and picture. And it was downtown, right? Pardon? It was downtown, right? Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. 
and uh, they, you know, we a lot of time. I'm, I have to do something constantly. I cannot sit still. So I read the Book of Mormon in like the the week or two weeks we were there, whatever it was. And at the end of it, it says, "Ask and see if it's true." I asked, and I've never had a feeling like that in my life. I mean, I I knew that it was true. And uh, so yeah, the unfortunate thing about my mission is it, it, the, the mission was called the French East Mission. It was in Geneva, Switzerland, the headquarters. Uh, but they, when I got over, they sent me down to a, a city called Papignon, which was right on the Spanish-French border. And uh, then I went to one other city after I'd been out about 10 months and lost my visa. The people in France said, you can't, you can't be in France anymore. So I moved to, uh, they put me in the mission home up in, in Geneva, and I was in the mission home for 19 months. Oh my gosh. And what we did was we translated all, this is long before the publishing department of the, of the church, but we transferred the mutual manuals and the, the, all the, uh, the primary books from English into French and then actually printed them in the mission home. Wow. And so that's how I spent my mission. I had a, an apartment in Geneva, Switzerland, and uh, it was just more or less a job. So I really didn't get that part of the spiritual part of it, but I came back. Well, they back needed you for the other. Pardon? Yeah, They needed you for this other. Yeah, it was, I mean, yeah. whoop-de-doo, I, I was, they had a, a uh, uh, competition for typists. And I took typing when I was in the eighth grade. I was actually typing 160 words a minute. Good grief. And it was because I played the piano and held my fingers yeah. for fairly nimble. But uh, so I was I was typing every, all of those manuals and getting them ready for print. Mm. Well, you did a lot of work. So it was. And what was really really funny is Bob and my sister's husband were in the mission home at the same time, and he's Salt from Lake. Idaho, and mm. Bob's from Salt Lake. And I pulled out the picture for some reason when she was here. She says, "How did you get my husband's?" Mission picture. Wow. I said, that's not your husband's, that's Bob's. No She way. goes, well, there's Gordon. And I went, oh, my gosh. No, and that was that, probably that. freaky. Isn't that freaky? That was probably five years after we had been married. Yeah. And they were, you know. So anyway, we got back. I, I, was, uh, I was acting with the church to the point that I always was the coach of the softball team and the basketball teams and took care of the kids and did all that kind of thing for the church. But uh, we were honestly, we were gone so much. It was, we just, so nobody's fault but ours. We just didn't go to church. Were you golfing? Were these golf trips? Or scuba trips? No, we did oh. We did a lot of things. Uh, as I mentioned, both Phyllis and I became dive masters in scuba. Oh. And we went over to the Cayman Islands and did uh, all over the world diving. And uh, I was really proud of her. To pass that rescue course to become a dive master was pretty tough, and she did it. I was really proud of her. Well, well that's fun that you do that together. And Bob used to fly, too. He was a pilot. So. Yeah, I had my own airplane pilot. for quite a while. Oh, wow. Oh. So, that was back when we had money. Yeah, way yeah. back then. <laughs> what kind of airplane did you have? A Cessna 210. It was a six-passenger retractable gear. It was pretty, I could get to Lake Powell in an hour and five minutes. And could we had you? a boat down at Waweep, and, and so we'd just jump in and then I had a band down there to pull the boat to the lake, and that was really neat. We'd fly down there, land at the airport, pick up the uh, boat, go to the Safeway store there, and be on the lake in like two hours. That's a little bit. So you've had a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Still having a lot of fun. <laughs> Are you as, as good a golfer as, as Bob? Do you golf as well? I used to golf a lot, Shoot. but 
and again, I have to kind of brag on her. We'd, we'd enter these tournaments. She'd always win the long drive contest. And <coughs> I'd only it. win if there, if there was a prize. <laughs> I would try really hard. So if there was a prize, I could win it. You but could. I hated golf. <laughs> it was so frustrating. You could never do the same thing twice. And I played a lot of tournament tennis, and I got her playing tennis, so we played tennis tournaments together and things like that. Jeez. Just active. Yeah. yeah. This is all stuff that people don't know about. Yeah. <laughs> You flying? What's your favorite place to dive, or one of them? Uh, the Cayman Islands. Cayman Islands. Yeah, it was just spectacular. You go over there, and there were on one of the islands. There was a wall where you go down to about sixty feet, and then it dropped down to two thousand feet. Jeez. So you could just go along the shelf. You had to the... keep watching your gauge, or you could. Yeah, go, yeah. I mean, you'd I've get been to deep. that wall, and I, I it scared me to death. Yeah, it is well, scary because it just goes down. It is black it down there. It just scared me to death. <laughs> So you have to make sure you're looking at your gauge. Yeah. Um, and Bob ran out of air once. Where were we? Oh, we were, I was filming, we had a photography specialty. And so I was taking, I was following nurse sharks around, taking pictures of them. Didn't watch my gaze, and so I ran out of air. So she had to give me her octopus. And yeah. uh, that's how we got back to the surface. That's why you have a buddy. Yep, exactly. So it no starts getting should... hard to breathe. I've done that too. <laughs> yeah, when you don't have any air, it's hard to breathe. What's yeah. happening? Then we went, I went, I went yeah. to uh, Truck Lagoon, which is over in Micronesia, and we actually uh, dived on the Japanese ships that were sunk during World War II. Oh, so that would be fascinating. That was a, I said, a gorilla dive. That was men that went did that. that How deep tough. were they? Well, we went down to 160 feet. So you were pushing it. And uh, we were pushing it pretty good. And the bottom time was seven minutes. And so we had to come back up and do 45-minute decom decompression stops. And that was boring beyond belief. But I sat in the cockpits of Japanese zeros and on, on the uh, you know in cargo ships and aircraft carriers and just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff got shot down over there. Yeah. Oh well, they they sunk more ordnance, the Japanese ordnance, than was the Japanese sunk at World uh, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Yeah, by far. So huh. pretty interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So Phyllis, what about you and your 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 conversion story? <clears throat> Tell us a little bit about. Uh, from a standpoint of, of being, you know, a convert to the church, is there anything else that you'd like to share about your spiritual journey in life? Well, actually, I just mainly followed my sister and did whatever she did. You know, it wasn't uh, nothing, you know, I don't know. I just knew it was true. And then uh, one of the missionaries uh, dared me to read the Book of Mormon while he was there. And I did read it, but gal, now with Armin and everything, it's totally different. I mean, I get so much more out of it. I read the whole thing, but I didn't really grasp it like sure. I, I am now. So I just think it's wonderful that Armin's doing that class. Isn't that a great class? It's really, really, is. really Boy, good. Boy, what a great perspective on everything. Yeah, and I'm understanding everything a lot more than I did. But we have younger. purchased the, the books. Uh, what's the guy's name? Rich? Ridges. Ridges, that has the uh, commentary on the Book of Mormon, the Old Testament, and so on. And boy, that helps. I mean, it's just amazing how much that Tell helps. us more about that. I'm not familiar with that, for those that might not be. Help. Start talking real quick. Start talking. <laughs> hurry, hurry, hurry. It's just, it's a book. Well, he does everything. He does the Bible and the Book of Mormon and Pearl of Great Price and everything. And it, it just helps you understand more of what's going on, what was going on at the time. And Delcy started me on him. She brought over one 
for the Book of Mormon, and she gave it to me, and so. Oh, yeah. We've seen that one. I have seen that. So it's basically are, a, a study help. It, yes. it, it goes through and it, it, it goes so you verse read by verse, verse, verse by verse, and then there's a commentary on it. Mm -hmm. And just say it helps our meaning, the meaning of it so much. I mean, I learned so much about Joseph that I didn't know Jacob, and I mean, it's just it's just amazing. Uh, and boy, you couple, you couple that with, uh, with Armand Johansson, yeah. you, you really get a good understanding of it. So. Yeah. Okay. I have seen. I didn't. I didn't recognize the name, but I do recognize the well, book. Well, I didn't say it right. Yeah. Rid Bridges. Bridges. Yes. Um, you know, it's funny because I was uh, seeing on social media yesterday that uh, uh, Donny Osmond, you know, Joseph, Joseph right? He yeah. uh, he teaches the. 17, 18, 16, 17, 18 year old Sunday school no. class in his, and of course it was this past week was Joseph, Joseph. Yeah. and he wore his coat. <laughs> Did you ever see him? And there's a, not yet, but we're actually next week, we're, we're, we're going to go see his show in Vegas, but he wore oh, his coat cool. and got a picture of all the kids oh. with him teaching in his coat. I'm like, wow, what a, that's neat. what <laughs> an opportunity for those kids. And it's gone viral. So everybody's seen the picture. Yeah. Well, it really is like the scriptures have come alive with these podcasts. Yeah, I mean, it's wonderful. It's totally different from what I remember exactly. reading. Exactly. It just used to so be. so much. I don't more. know. You just, yeah. You understand it better. And, yeah. But uh, we like it so much that Armin's classes and so on that Phyllis told her sister, who lives over in Fort Collins, Colorado, about it, and her sister listened to Armin. Yeah. Just goes in on the Zoom. Yep. Or the YouTube channel. YouTube, I think, is what yeah. she uses, I think. But she's never wavered about the church she's always gone she's always oh, there the rock <laughs> she's That's great. been the rock for my mom and my dad and brothers and everything and we were over visiting them last week and her husband who used to be a bodybuilder and everything he has muscular dystrophy and but they are such strong members of the church it's just unreal and he was the one in the mtc with you yeah yeah yep. they're the mission home well we're sure been blessed to have you guys move into the neighborhood this We've has been, blessed been to be here. a Good wonderful friends. neighborhood. Yeah. So how long have you been here? 15 years. 15 years. Why? We're a newbie. We're the new people. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I bet it's been longer than that. You kind of started the the exodus of people coming here. Well, you're I'll, one I'll of the tell first you what, what amazed me when we first, when, you know, one of the first sacrament meetings we went to, in, in the, this ward, it was right after you guys separated from the fourth ward, I guess, mm -hmm. and became Neffs Canyon. But uh, we went to church, and I was very amazed. There weren't enough deacons to pass the sacrament. Yep. So uh, elders had to pass the sacrament. There weren't enough priests to minister the sacrament. And uh, now we go to church, and there are all kinds of people. And uh, the last primary thing, there were over 80 kids on that stage. <laughs> and I just think, wow. See what you started? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm very impressed with the young people in the, in the uh, I just think of some of the, uh, I went uh, was in with uh, uh, Cannon. Stewart or? Stewart. No. Uh, Nelson? Who? Nelson Cannon. Nelson Cannon. <laughs> he was teaching Sunday school and his wife couldn't be in the class with him, so I went in there. And those little girls, I, I was just amazed at their knowledge. I, I just, it just blew me my mind. How much they knew about the gospel and they're like 10 years old 10 or 11. I yeah know. i got a really late start i graduated with 750 girls and i was the only mormon 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, and that was in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, the only Most one. Most of the people were Catholic or Jewish. So I you didn't really get like a, a seminary experience or... No, there was You didn't get a primary experience? No, I was a teenager before I started. And we had, it took us a half an hour driving to get to church, you know, so you had to plan. Oh. <laughs> because they came from all over. That's before they built so many churches. And it was in a, what was it before... That church that we went to. Some kind of an office building, I thought. Or something. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a regular. It wasn't a real, it wasn't a, a, an LDS built chapel. But it was it was very good. And, and uh, because I was in that linguistic unit, all of the all of the people there, well, all of them, 90% of them were return missionaries. Mm -hmm. And so every Sunday when, when we were back there, uh, there would certainly be a full, a full congregation. We've been back several times since and gone to church back there, and, and there really aren't very many people in, in attendance. So. Yeah. Oh, it's really small. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about um, your uh, health? That you had oh. a scare, and what you've learned from that, yes, or you did, because that was I had stage four colon cancer. So that's when it metastasized somewhere else in your body, which it went into my liver, and and your intestine. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been a scare. I thought I was done for. Went through a year of chemotherapy, which is not fun. Lost all my hair. And uh, I don't know, I just figured if, if I was, you tell him. Well, she, uh, <laughs> if I was going to die, it was really that's strange. what the Lord needed. And if I was going to live, that's what he needed to. And I just love my family to death. And, you know, family's everything to me. So I'm still here. <laughs> She's still here, but she, because it was right during COVID, she, uh, I couldn't even go into oh. chemo with her. And normally, you know, the family can go in and the two hours she's in there taking chemo, she can have somebody with her and they wouldn't even let me in the hospital. So she had to go through all of that by herself. <laughs> so that was pretty amazing. I know that was an extremely difficult time and I, I vividly remember the board praying and fasting and and there was everybody in this ward just hearts were turned to heaven to help yep and uh well uh, there were so many people that brought food into us yeah. i i honestly don't like to cook but i learned how to cook <laughs> because uh you know they bring in dinner but i'd usually come home from work and make lunch for her and and uh, help out that way and and yeah. just be with her a little bit because i didn't want her to have to go through that alone yeah, it was pretty awful. So stage I mean, four, this is a miracle. It is. This is a miracle. It really is. And I had Jim give me a blessing. And he said, I, f I feel like you should still be here. Yeah. You look like you're feeling great. <laughs> and your hair, beautiful. It's coming back. <laughs> beautiful. That is a lot of hair to lose, so. It's different, though. Right? Yeah. It was more... How's it different? Is it? It was longer before. I know it was longer. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. seems like it's 
That's a little well, bit different. Well, she styled it different when it was long. Is that it was what just it is? kind of down. Yeah. And now she's got it more around her face. I'm not style. I haven't gotten a haircut since it started coming back in. Oh. So this is how it's been growing back in. And I don't blame you for not getting a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> you can't trust them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. we're glad that uh, they needed you here. Yeah. yeah. So well, is your family. She, she's been so good with it. She was. Uh, Called to be, a, uh, I don't know what you call it, a counselor for the young girls, and so they would meet every yep. every Activity other week. Activity days. Yep. Activity days. And she had some just really nice girls that have still come around and say, hi, how's Phyllis? And she really enjoyed doing that. And she's so good with kids. Our grandkids just love her to death. Mm. Just really. So how many grandkids are here local? All six. All, All of six. them are. Oh. I told them if they moved, I would. they'd have to. Yeah. I'd be really angry because my mom rat. was back east and never got to grow up with my kids, so it was really sad. Well, that's fantastic. So they've all been here. Yeah. Yep. And two two of our sons still work for me, and so we see their kids quite often. And uh, uh, the third one, his he's the oldest, and his kids are older. He's got a 23-year-old or 22-year-old uh, daughter. Okay. okay. And uh, so she we don't see 21, them. She just 21, didn't she? 22, I think. Hun. She just turned 21. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right answer. So, anyway, they, she, she's really on the kid, just love her to death. So I'm, I'm sure glad she's still here. Yeah. Don't know yeah. what to do without her. Aren't we all? You've <laughs> got more work to do, and it sounds like you're, you're doing that work now. So thank you. I, you know, I'd like to, to just leave and end this with a, couple, a question for each of you. It's one that I ask at the end of all of them. And, um, and, that, and that is, and Bob, I'll start with you. Um, in a hundred years from now, um, when your posterity, long after we're gone, your posterity listens to this very podcast, um, what would you want them to know about you? What would you tell them? Well, I tell them that I think that you have to, you earn what you get. We, there, nothing is given to you. And uh, uh, I think it's really important to serve. I think that that's, uh, I've really tried uh, to help clean the church every week that it's our, our ward, and then I do a lot of service projects down at Temple, or up Welfare Square and things like that. I would tell them that uh, doubt your doubts, not your faith. I think that's uh, really important that, uh, that we do that. And uh, just uh, love, love your family to death. I think uh, our kids, when they were teenagers, gave us a lot of problems. But uh, not as much as they could have. Not as much as they could have. <laughs> but they uh, they have worked through it, and they're just the best kids in the world, and they're absolutely tremendous fathers. They really are, and so they have good. And cooks. Oh, they do all the that's cooking. the other thing. You didn't pass that along, I guess. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> she's the best cook. I I should be weighing about four hundred pounds. <laughs> she cooks so well, but uh, all all three of their wives don't like to cook, and so all three of our sons do all the cooking oh. for them. And take the kids. And take the kids all the time. So, they're they're they're, they're good kids. I wish uh, I wish we would have uh, instilled them uh, instilled in them a, a greater love for the church. Do but uh, and if I had to do it over again, I'd say don't travel so much. Yeah, stick around. Because I think that's really important. But uh, it's just well, you uh, must have done a lot right because they sound like they're great. And you kept so, them close. Yeah, and that's one thing travel does do. <laughs> you know, 
I think that uh, your word should be your bond. I don't think you need a contract on anything. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Amen. That's good. Oh. Amen. Phyllis, how would you answer that? I just want them to know that I love my family, I love my kids, and stay close. That's great advice. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I've learned a lot. I have too. Um, and uh, I think the many listeners will going to learn a ton from the Willardsons, and and uh, what a what a what a joy it is to to be in the same ward and to enjoy this spirit tonight. Right. We're sure happy it's to be really here. great that you're doing this. I think it's wonderful that we get to know each other that way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, thanks thank for having us. Thank you. Yep.